do you want to buy a property but don't know what paperwork you actually need to, need to organize prior to consulting a broker? Hi, I'm Jared Krause. And I'm Sam Powell, and we're the hosts of the Property Pals Australia. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing what is a pre-approval and the importance of it, what paperwork preparation that uh, you need to start sorting out before you speak to a mortgage broker, it's really important. We're also going to be discussing what is a credit score how it actually affects your borrowing capacity and how you can improve your credit score and go away and check it for free. So we've got some great resources towards the end of the episode. Uh, so check out those links. There's so much value and stories that we share throughout this episode that I think you guys are absolutely going to love. So let's dive in, Sam. Yeah, stick around. Welcome to Property Pals, the podcast where we share everything around how to build a property portfolio from researching areas, financing, structuring, buying, selling, and reinvesting to live a life of financial independence. As a disclaimer, any information shared by myself, Jared, Sam, and the Property Pals team is strictly general and should not be taken as constituting professional advice. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, and taxation advice from a qualified professional. Let's do it. Property finance preparation prior to pre-approval. Say all, that 10 times. All, all the P's, property finance <laughs> preparation prior to pre-approval. There we go. What? Yeah, I know. What is what is pre-approval? So we on this episode, we basically want to help people to understand how to basically get pre-approval. But what is, what is even pre-approval? Yeah, look, everyone goes out um, to buy a property, not to get finance. So uh, Goals of property, not just finance. That's yeah. a step, right? As I said before, when we jumped on the episode, you know, it's just the biggest barrier, which is finance, because everyone wants property. Uh, it just being able to buy the property most of the time takes leverage, and that's um, borrowed funds. And, and what we need to do in that stage is basically put our best foot forward to get that funds um, get those funds approved. Now, I'm not a mortgage broker. I work with a lot of Australia's top mortgage brokers, and um, basically all the deals that. I've done in my life. I can see the importance of having, you know, good advice. But I guess the step one here is to really understand what pre-approval is and how to get it. Because so many clients have come to um, me saying, "Oh, Sam, I want to buy a property." I'm like, "Fantastic! Uh, you know, do you have your savings? Yes, we've got savings. Okay, well, what's your borrowing capacity? What's your, what's your, uh, I guess, purchase goal here?" And um, often they're like, "Well, I don't know. I just." I've got a couple of grand and I want to buy a property. <laughs> I'm like, well, um, let's get you in. Get to, basically, that's like step one. And then yeah. they, they get into that. Um, look, I just guide them through that process. And what we're going to run through today is just a, a simple guide that I get people prepared for to yeah. Yeah, put their best foot forward. So pre-approval, what is it? It's you know, pretty much what it says in the box. You're getting pre-approved for a loan. Um, and your mortgage worker does do that. Why is it important is, well, it's like going shopping um, without any money in the bank in a, sense, in a way. like it's, uh, it's like clarification or confirmation that this is what your borrowing capacity is and that's settled because the bank's going to, banks literally said, we're going to approve you for this amount of money, right? Yeah, and it's giving you a framework as to what to look for so you're not wasting your time. Yeah, it's a big thing that people don't understand is that they might think that they can afford a $800,000 house. So they run around looking at $800,000 houses, 
Some people even bearded auctions, which is wow. super scary. Um, and other people's, you know, putting offers on properties subject to finance and then um, they go through all that time and expense. Uh, and often with uh, purchasing properties too, there's uh, like cooling off periods. But you know, I'm in Queensland, we've got a 0.25% uh, fee if we don't go through with that under the cooling off period. So it can cost people thousands of dollars for this one mistake. So that's why I thought it'd be really important to well, you know, get this episode out. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's what a pre-approval is. And what I'm going to talk about here is um, basically how to you know, get your pre-approval and um, what you need to do before even sitting in front of a mortgage broker. So, yeah. 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 So, a lot of people that have similar to me have come and said, Jared, I want to buy a property. I'm like, great. Um, and they've got the savings and they don't have just a couple of grand in the bank. They've got like their... Like we said, if you haven't checked out our previous episode, episode number two, like how much you actually need for your first property purchase, it's around the 80K range. Um, and we break down why specifically that amount. So yeah. check that out if you haven't listened to it. Uh, and once they get to that area, they're like, okay, what do I do now? And it's like, go and find out what your borrowing capacity is. And I guess there's there's multiple steps to be able to work out what your borrowing capacity is. It's It's speaking to a broker, which we're going to talk about in another episode on how to do your due diligence on a broker so you don't get taken advantage of and you have the the like the number one person on your team that's like a world-class broker will yeah. teach you how to find them. But through the steps of finding the broker, there's a few things that they're going to ask you and it's worth you having preparation and some paperwork in place before you go to them. So what what are some of those things that we need to know that we've got to have with us before we go and speak to a broker? Yeah, good, good question. Uh, so uh, initially, I say, look, having six months worth of bank statements is um, quite important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'd had to jump in there because I think six months worth of bank statements, that's for one particular type of buyer. Like there's, there's going to be a few different things and I think maybe we should ex- explain that it may be different for somebody that is a PAYG employee oh, yes. versus yes. somebody that owns a business. Um, so when I when you said six months bank statements, I was like, oh, I wish it was that easy for some of us. Yeah, for, for PAYG, it's a lot easier, right? Mm. Um, and so maybe we stick to PAYG, and then we move to like a little bit of um, self-employed. Yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll jump around with both. Okay, but, um, cool. I guess the reason why I'm saying six months worth of bank statements is most banks um, they're asking that for you, from you anyway, and that's really simple to get. I mean, even if it's 12 months or even you're going through a small business or a large business, they're going to be asking for all your your BAS, your business activity statements. And um, all they're wanting to do is to understand what your income and outgoings are from a, you know, a broad level up. Um, so they're going to be asking for those statements. So just obviously be prepared for that. Um, really easy, go on your um, bank uh, website and go to your statement section and print out the statements that you need that they're being requested but they are going to be requested so this is putting your uh, I guess your best foot forward um, and being proactive rather than reactive so that's the first one mm-hmm. that I jumped onto um, and I mean they're going to ask you a lot of questions right um, about your expenses your payments so uh, I mean we can talk about how to maximize your buying capacity in another another episode because yeah, the, that's definitely. really important. Um, and I don't want to get too off track on that, but 
Um, expenses though, like what type of expenses are we talking? Rent or mortgage repayments or like like cost of living sort of thing. Is that right? Yeah, so they'll have um, like the questions that they'll generally come up are those ones that um, like say gambling or if you're um, doing Uber Eats all the time and there's sort mm. of ways to go about removing those questions from that and we'll talk about that um, in another episode. But they'll, yeah, recurring payments are, are a key one. Um, basically, they just want to understand, you know, is this something that's you know, going to be uh, into the future or not um, with your bank statements. So sometimes they come up as a red flag and they just question about it. But um, obviously read through your bank statements um, just quickly and understand that if there are any questions coming up, you're kind of um, going to be on that front foot with your broker. And you know, most of the time, no one's really going to ask you too many questions if it's pretty straightforward. So don't stress on that too much. Um, the other section would be employment. Um, and like, this is for employees, right? They're going to ask you for your um, uh, last employment certificates, what we call them, um, the uh, payslips. Pay oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm giving my mind back to when I was <laughs> an employee. But um, yeah, so they're going to be, they, w- they want a certainty around your income status, right? So uh, it's what's why it's really easy with employees because generally they're seen as more secure mm-hmm. as opposed to businesses. But you, know, you and I would argue differ uh, differently to that because yeah. Yeah, as a business owner, you can see what's coming in, going out, so there's more confidence. But um, banks, you know, they want to put you in that little hole, and uh, yeah, PAYGs um, while they ask for those pay slips. Also, sometimes uh, doctors and Lawyers uh, have an easier time. I've heard have an e- uh, can get better um, circumstances from the banks when they're yep. when they're going for their borrowing. Yeah, that's a whole. Well, that's no, that's, topic, that, no, that's not really. I want to not say whole other topic and just keep pushing people to the future. But um, mm. if you are a doctor or a, or a dentist, uh, physios, if you've got that, um, like I call them recession-proof yeah. employment. Employment people basically, they get better loan to value ratios. So most doctors, nurses, they can run off a ninety-five percent loan to value ratio generally. And obviously, this is all general advice. So you got to speak to your everyone's circumstances different, right? So um, speaking to a really good mortgage broker and an accountant is important at this stage. Um, but um, you're right; they do. They have more favourable lending terms because they're less risky. Yeah. Everything from a bank perspective is assessing your risk. So keep that in the back of your head. And banks will what? And sometimes people will get frustrated with banks. Um, <laughs> and I <laughs> yeah. maybe I should change sometimes to a lot of the time. But that's because what you personally may think is risky or not risky is not what the bank considers risk. For example, uh, you mentioned employees versus owning your own business, and what's more risky? Um, there's the banks have their own lens on how they perceive risk, and we're playing we're playing a game with the bank, so we need to play by their rules uh, and and accept it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Say, property's a game of finance with a few houses thrown in the middle of it. So yes, um, yeah, you just got to play their game. It's just like you know tax, right? You got to got to pay tax, but there's more efficient ways to reduce your tax. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the game of life, isn't it? It is. What uh, what other things do we need 
to have uh, prepped? Look, um, when you go into a broker, uh, getting your pre-approval, they're going to want to know, obviously, your income, your expenses, as I mentioned, but also if you have any other debts, so called hex debt, cut, like um, or hex help these days, um, university debts, uh, car loans, personal loans, um, anything on that nature, they're going to be seeing that, obviously, it's a liability and it's going to reduce your borrowing capacity. So... Um, your mortgage broker is going to be asking for all this stuff. So that's the whole purpose of this is to say, look, be prepared. This is what they're going to be asking for because you can just go straight to your broker, have all the information already as they've requested um, or before they request it, and then it's just you know, straight in and you're going to fasten your track to a pre-approval and understand your borrowing capacity to get to where you want to be, which is purchasing the property, right? Yeah. Exactly. And talking about borrowing capacity, our next episode is going to be on how to improve or increase your borrowing capacity. Maximize. Maximize is the yeah. word. Well, the, yeah. la- the last point on just that one, so we can sort of run into the next, um, it's it's quite similar, right? Like obviously your debts, but credit cards, um, you know, buy now, pay later, things like that. Um, if you've got that under your, um, I guess, you, expenses, you expenses yeah. they're going to be asking for that too. So. Um, obviously, just be prepared. You know, having your credit card statements and all your, um, I guess, if you've got the afterpays agreements in place, they're going to be going through and looking at that. If you've got multiple afterpays, it's going to reduce your borrowing capacity as well. And I'll um, talk to you about that in the next one about how to maximise borrowing capacity. And yeah. little spoiler, just cancel it, pay it out. <laughs> yeah. So, is afterpay like? One of those um, fifty-month interest-free type deals. You know how they used to. I don't think it was Retrovision or some of the fridge <laughs> shops. I don't know. I haven't used Afterpay, but is it like where you pay? Sounds like you just pay it later, but there must be surely a crazy high interest rate with that. Yeah, it's kind of like what bad days. What was it called? It was. Um, I don't want to bore people, but uh, it'll come to me. Okay, we'll we'll talk about this through yeah. the borrowing, maximizing borrowing capacity. <laughs> no, what, yeah, but you're right. Basically, it's buy now and you pay it later. So you're paying off that um, that debt. So say you you want that TV, mm-hmm. um, you go, I want that. They go, fantastic. You can have it today, and it's a thousand dollars for the TV, but you can pay us off, you know, over the next you know, twenty four months. Um, Generally, they'll have an interest-free period, um, which will you know entice you to go in and pay for that, and that's fantastic. Um, the issue that I'm seeing is that people are doing that multiple times, and they're just putting off, um, I guess, the repayments. So it's ballooning down the like in the Their future. Liability. And after yeah. a few years of this whole buy now pay later thing, people are actually struggling because they they've spent their future money essentially. Oh wow! So they um. Yeah, banks will look at that and they'll see that as a liability. You've got to pay that off. So, um, yeah, there's we're going to have more stories around that. There's like, dangers around it. Yeah, in the maximised borrowing capacity next next episode. So, are there anything is there anything else that we see is important for yeah. prepping before we speak to the broker? Yeah, last thing um, is they're always going to ask what your assets are. So, looking at your you know, what properties you own, um, obviously you have any debts on those as well, but looking at your shares, what cash on hand you got, your superannuation balances, you know, other investments. So uh, basically, as I said before, they're looking at a risk assessment. So 
they just want to know everything about your financial situation. So just think of it that way. Whatever you've got in assets, um, they're going to want to know. They want to know what your income is, and they also want to know what your expenses are. Liabilities. So it's kind of like a um, a big profit and loss statement on your own uh, personal banner, and based off that, they're working out what is your net cash flow, and how um, how can that support the loan we're about to give you, and they'll put a buffer in there in place. So if you've got you know a cash flow of a thousand bucks a week, um, you're lower risk. So bank, but banks will look at that and go, well, yeah, they can afford to pay $500 a week in interest, therefore we'll give them a loan up to X, um, re- reducing their risk so your propensity to pay is um, high and that's all they want to do. Just want to want their money back and they want you to, uh, to pay as much interest as you can over a 30-year period. So, uh, yeah. And we will have more episodes coming out about how to reduce your loan period and interest rates and mm, and, yeah. and not and pay your debt back a lot faster if if caveat that that's the strategy that you want to take with your property portfolio versus growth fast growth versus you know different different strategies and we'll talk about that um i guess it's i guess what we've talked about here is very is the most common way for somebody that's starting out to get finance for a residential property but is there differences when you're buying a commercial property as well yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, with with commercial, there's different loan structures as well. So, because um, with with commercial, I'm from I. What I understand, I haven't yet bought my first commercial. Uh, is that they also look at the asset that you're purchasing in terms of what the lease agreement is, yep. which can be used for financing as well, right? Yeah, they've got lease doc loans, um, yeah. the low doc loans. Lease doc loans are less common at the moment, but it's always changing. So um, that's obviously the importance of having a professional on your side is mm-hmm. that when you're in it every day, you know what's happening um, and there's more, I guess, savvy ways of going about it. But uh, yeah, overall, um, they do assess it because you're doing a commercial loan, not a residential loan. And commercial, I mean, the bank size is seen as um, higher risk. Some people would debate that, but um, you know, if you look at history, in downturns, um, generally the commercial premises uh, they can remain vacant for a longer period of time than residential. Um, so you know, having a bigger buffer in the in the bank size is important. So generally, they run on like a seventy percent LVR as opposed to um, residential that can run to you know generally ninety. Um, as I said before, you've got a higher income or a safer income, you can go ninety five. Uh, back in the day, they used to do 100%, 105 even. They used to pay the stamp duty for you. So, you know, that's <laughs> different, different economy at the moment. Guys, shiny. if you are interested in uh, us talking about commercial finance and getting prepped for that yeah. and some more commercial stuff, yeah, let us know. Let us know. Email us at hello at propertypals.au. There's no.com, just straight up.au. Just straight up Australian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... We, we're we're going to stick with the theme of residential for now, just to simplify this episode. And and later, if you guys want some more commercial um, advice uh, or discussions, yeah, we well, are not financial advisors. Uh, this is not financial advice, so you will need to get all of this checked with your own personal for your own personal situation as well. Like we say in our disclaimer, um, yeah. So back to the residential thread of getting. Pre-approval. What? Where do we go to next? Well, there are your, your seven key areas that I mentioned before. Those bullet points. So, um, getting that in place is, is really important. You listen to this and go, oh, that kind of makes sense. Um, 
and, and the reason why I want to say that is your mortgage brokers are going to ask you for that information anyway. So coming in more more prepared, your broker is going to look at you in a higher regard because it's less time on their front. Um, and they're obviously they're, they're busy people, and the good ones are hard to get a hold of. So if you're going in initially, as you know, um, yeah, and they send you back to go and find all that stuff, it's just going to take you know an extra couple of weeks, sometimes months, because they've just got so much on their plate. So yeah. um, this is just going to save you time, fast and uh, fast track you to where you want to be, basically. But the next part of you know what I want to talk about is credit scores. Um, and people don't know what that is most of the time, and that's completely fine. I didn't know either until, um, yeah, obviously, yeah, I got into got property. Yeah. Um, but it basically banks, um, they're assessing your, I guess, financial situation through a credit score. So each loan you go for, each credit card you apply for, um, it's all being recorded on a, um, uh, on a system, and that is what, which contributes to your overall credit score. So banks are basically on the back end assessing who you are as a person um, and they go into a register to understand, you know, are you safe or are you not? So if you've got multiple credit cards that you've, you know, you've failed on, yeah. then it's not going to look good and they're going to either not give you a loan or they're going to give you a loan with a very high interest rate mm. or a very, um, I guess, high loan-to-value ratio. So your borrowing capacity is going to be really hindered. So understanding your credit score is really important. Yes. Now let's talk about actually understanding your credit score because it's it, it's. I once got frustrated with like, all right, credit score, and people say you need to understand your credit score. I'm like, cool, but how do I how do I understand it, and how do I find out what my credit score is? Seems like in America, I think it's credit rating, and you can find out yeah, yeah. personally how to find out your what your credit rating is, and it's a ba- basis points or whatever it is, but. Uh, over here in Australia, from what I've learnt, is it's not as easily accessible for general population, unless I'm wrong, to find out what your credit scores are. Um, when I was speaking to one of my brokers, they said they could. There's a register or something. Yep. So tell me more about can can people personally go and find out what their credit score is themselves, or do they need to do that through a broker, or what's the yeah. To go with it. yeah, listen on in. Um, so there's a couple of key points to, I guess, run through what um, the credit score key assessment points is what I call them. And um, then I'll jump into you know where to find this information for free. Yeah, so let's have Oh, that's good. Oh, love that word. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so the assessment points, basically they're looking at your personal debt in both past and present to see how you've gone about um, either repaying that or not. Um, if there have been any debt repayment issues um, and then there's loan approvals and inquiries for you know, personal and family reasons. So that's why we, if you hear people saying, you know, don't apply for too many loans at the same time. Yes, or that. if you've got a property not settled because I had this come up. It's like, oh, I've got one about to settle. Can we set up and get approval for the next one? And my broker's like, no, we cannot because <laughs> it will uh, tarnish or could tarnish um, me trying to get approval for the next one. So, Correct. yeah, you, you don't be like a rabbit like me. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's good that you do that proactive, but a bit, um, yeah, if you're applying for, two, for loans, um, even if you don't go down that path, so that's why having a really good broker is, is important because you'll have, uh, at each one time, there's obviously I mean, there's hundreds of different lending products you can go down. You want to pick the best one and go for that one first. 
uh, for your personal circumstance. Um, and if you do that one and then do the second best and the third best, you're putting three applications in and that's going to be a red flag on the back end of the system. Mm. So um, it's just wise not to do that because if those red flags come up, then that's going to affect your credit score. Okay, so don't do that. Um, the other thing that I want to mention was just yeah, your credit cards and your current credit limits, that's all um, accumulated into your credit score as well. So um, yeah, that also encompasses obviously your retail store credits or your buy now, pay later cards. Um, they're also going to look at all your different bank accounts that are open and closed. So Even closed ones? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's quite interesting actually. I've had bank accounts that I've, you know, from like way back in the day, like the first bank account out of school and um, I... What were you buying? <laughs> I was just hustling all those turn deposits to try and get those high interest when I was younger. Um, oh, is that a thing? They check that? Yeah, they check, they check most of the stuff, but um, I had one credit card that I actually applied for and I cancelled. It was, um, I won't say the, the bank's name, but um, I thought I cancelled it, but in fact, I didn't cancel the account. I just I cancelled um, the, the card, but they still saw it as a credit account and I actually had to go back, call the bank and shut the whole bank account down, which I thought I did that in the first place, but hey. You know, mm. I wasn't getting any fees, so in my eyes, I didn't have the accounts. So once you've closed all those accounts you're not using, uh, the next thing that you want to obviously look at is um, any legal proceedings they're going to look at as well. I mean, obviously, if you've got a lawsuit against you, that's not fantastic. So um, you don't understand why, and then just let them know if that's you know a question that comes up, and then bankruptcy history. Yeah, most people don't have any bankruptcy history, but um, there's obviously rulings around that. If you do declare bankrupt, um, you're looking at a seven years before you can um, obviously go for loans in certain certain circumstances. Obviously, it's all different based on the level of bankruptcy and other issues that you're in. But obviously, talk to your mortgage broker and accountant around that. I'll give you more details. But um, the most important part of this little bit is you know go and check your credit score. It's free. You can do it online or you can do it over the phone. Um, we'll put some links in the show notes, but CanStar is a website, um, www.canstar.com.au forward slash credit score. Um, they'll do a free credit score check for you. So check that out. Yeah, awesome. There's also finder.com.au, same sort of thing. You can just go finder.com.au credit score, Google it. Um, we'll do the forward slash beforehand. Um, another great way is just to quickly... You know, understand what it is is just call up there's three main companies that um that deal with it in australia experian ilion and uh equifax so um what do they do like so you call them up and they'll tell you your credit score they're credit they're credit assessors oh okay yeah so they're the ones that you go to um and yeah, obviously you call them up um any other sort of information you're looking for just check out the government actually, like the Australian government, has some really good uh, money smart tools and and guides. I mean, they just don't market it, you know. Like uh, they don't put any money into it. But there's a lot of good free information on a website called moneysmart.gov.au. So check that out um, and all the information's there. So um, ways to improve your credit score. I mean. Guys, links, we'll put those phone numbers and links in the show notes to all that yeah. sort of stuff as well. But yeah, like I want to know how to improve the credit score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty simple, right? There's a few key points. So um, uh, I know I've dragged on about this a little bit, so it might be a bit dull for other people. But 
I mean, uh, I'm always an advocate for like, you don't know what you don't know. So by understanding this, you're going to put your best foot forward. It's going to speed up the whole process and you're going to have a much more enjoyable experience because finance and property is a pain in the ass sometimes. And I've deal with that so many times. And Jared <laughs> is a classic example where we've um, been working together and uh, <laughs> it's the one thing that's just, oh, I'm going to buy a property. Yeah. Like I love it's the biggest. It's the biggest thing that holds people back, right? Is is finance. Like it's the mm. biggest roadblock to buying a property. Uh, and I know people that could buy properties but just won't because it's like, oh, I just don't want to deal with the banks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a, that's a classic one. And other people just say, oh, I just want to buy everything with cash. And for me, um, you, you're not maximizing your borrowing capacity. And it's actually by going cash all the time. Um, you're actually hindering your, your portfolio growth and the compounding effects of it, but we can jump into that another time. Basically, the key ways to you know, actually improve your credit score is pay your bills on time, make loan repayments on time, um, don't overextend yourself financially, so don't get caught in that, like, um, I guess that, uh, what do they call the hamster wheel? hamster wheel of life where you're just running around going nowhere um, and dispute any, like, and remove any outdated information on your credit score report. So um, they're not always accurate and uh, they and something might come up like you didn't pay a bill on time, but there could be a reason for that or you could have paid it and for some reason it's there. So don't be shy in um, disputing it. Mm. Uh, that's the quickest way to try and improve your credit score. And you can dispute it? Like you can dispute it with, say, CanStar or... Yeah, with the, with Equifax and Equifax. Leon and all those companies, you can actually call them up and talk to them and say, "Look, I don't agree with that uh, for X reason. I want to dispute this claim." Wow, and that's cool. They have to go through the formal process and understand why. You need evidence as to why, um, but yeah, don't hesitate on having a go at that because it's going to stay in your file for the a number of years, right? So mm. it's going to, yeah, it's going to rear its ugly head in the future if you don't do it now. So it's a bit of small term pain long-term gain so that's that's all that we've really talked about in this episode is what you need to do and get ready for prior to speaking to a broker uh, then there's also another step is, is maximizing that borrowing capacity which we'll talk we'll be talking about next and those these two episodes are going to set you up to go to the mortgage broker at the right time when you've got all your ducks in a row, right? Yep. And then you can actually make progress because sometimes what happens and I've found is people will go to a mortgage broker and I, like, I'll tell people, uh, they're like, I want to buy a property. I'm like, cool, how much you got? Yep, cool, you can buy one. Go to a mortgage broker, find out your borrowing capacity and they go to them and the mortgage broker gives them this massive laundry list of things and they go away and they do like two or three and they're like, oh, this is so frustrating and annoying. And that's what you were talking about before is like it's it's a it's tough and you have to have a resilient mindset to be able to go, I'm gonna like the way I tackle it is I'm like, is that like when a bank or a mortgage broker says, No, you need to do this, this, this and this, I'm like in my head, sometimes they just put me in the corner and I just say, Is that all you got? Right? That's my mindset. Like I remember being on the phone once to my broker and I had to sign something um, and I was buying in a no, I was buying this in my personal name, and I had to go print something off, sign it, send it off to the post office, and I had to do it within a certain period of time. And he's like, "Oh no, you've printed off the wrong one." And I, and I was like, "Dude, this is the one that you gave me." And I was getting quite frustrated. 
uh, I was like, bro, I, was, I called him up and I accidentally said, oh, dude, I think you've, you think you put me in a bit of a pickle here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, he did not respond. He reacted. And, uh, and he was, because he's dealing with this every day as well, right? He, yeah. And he's really good at what he does. Uh, but yeah, it's just that case. It's like, I don't normally, I don't normally like get into that attitude of like frustration, uh, but it happens. And so get your ducks in a row. And even sometimes when you do get your ducks in a row, there's the banks are going to throw curveballs at you as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess the sort of final thing on this one with the, um, the whole emphasis on, um, I guess, resolving credit issues and things like that that I mentioned um, as the final point, there's three key things you want to do. It's repay, cancel it, or consolidate it. And that leads into the next episode. We're going to talk about how to maximize your borrowing capacity. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that one. Um, I hope you got a lot out of this one. And as always, look, um, there's a lot to cover and we're trying to do, the, I guess, the best we can um, in the, uh, the attention span that we can give you. So yeah. uh, please leave some comments below and um, any questions you've got, send them through to uh, hello at propertypals.au. Um, we're here to sort of, as I said, learn, do, teach, share, grow, right? Like So exactly. we can all do it together and um, it'd be a, a fun little journey. So, yeah, that's my little last piece. What about you? What about me? I have nothing else to say. You, you wrapped it up beautifully. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you on the next one.